Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, as Democrats win big, Speaker Johnson faces a big question. Can he deliver? Number two, Senate Republicans' big gamble on Ukraine. And number three, the swag game. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Democrats who'd been hand-wringing all week after a pretty terrible poll for President Joe Biden had a very big night last night, surprising uh, a lot of places, particularly in Kentucky, Mitch McConnell's home state, where Andy Bashir won big in the governor's race. But that all comes as the backdrop, Jake, really, as Speaker Johnson is facing a big question, can he deliver? Yes. Yeah, so a few th- a few things worth pointing out just on the election front. Um, Democrats won in Kentucky. Andy Bashir is the, is the governor, second term. Beat Mitch McConnell's top ally, da- Daniel Cameron, who was a staffer for Mitch McConnell and a, is a close political ally. Ohio voters enshrined the right to an abortion in the state's constitution. Democrats cont- won control of the, the legislature in Virginia. Um, what a night for Democrats, Anna. I mean, most polling did indicate Bashir would win. Um, it did seem um, likely that this this abortion thing would pass. But I mean, Bashir won by five points. The abortion, um, and by the way, there was a vote earlier uh, in the year on on raising the threshold for the abortion, the abortion uh, uh, amendment in the Constitution. But it, it, this is a big, big victory for Democrats, not only on with candidates, but on, on abortion. I mean, 56.6 to 43.4. This wasn't close, Anna. I mean, this is a, a, a rebuke of where House and Senate Republicans or at least House Republicans are on abortion politics. I would ha- you got to just be honest with 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 uh, yourself, not you, but one has to be honest with with themselves over just the popularity of um, the right to have an abortion in in even a state like Ohio, which, by the way, is a is now a pretty red state. I mean, just a, a pretty big victory. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, let's let's talk about it a little bit. I do. I <laughs> shocking. I know. Uh, I do. Well, I wasn't I expecting you to say like, nah. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what's really interesting here is we saw it in Kansas. We saw it as you mentioned right there uh, in Ohio earlier this year. It is another indication for Republicans that where they're they are at in terms of um, you know kind of. No exceptions is not where the population is in America in even very red states like Ohio. And this is going to be something, you know, I was saying this, you know, I feel like I've been talking about this for a long time, where I do think this is going to be one of those issues. The question is, your Democrats are going to use this, right? We saw them use abortion uh, a couple of years ago, right? Be as, as, a, as a major issue to turn out their base following Roe versus Wade being overturned. This is a just another data point for Democrats that when it comes to how are they going to win in states or in races that otherwise seem like massive uphill battles for them, right? Andy Bashir also, one of the biggest, he was campaigning with a woman who talked about how the no exceptions, uh, you know, was, was just 
unacceptable. And he pointed it out in his victory speech. This is going to be something Democrats are going to come back to. And Republicans so far do not have an answer, right? Even if you look at Glenn Youngkin was hoping to turn the state legislature in both parties Republican. And he made it about the fact that, you know, if that was going to happen, then he was going to take, uh, you know, this abortion issue and and make sure to do something on it. That was resoundingly rejected last night. And that's going to be, I think, a big question for Republicans. What do they take away from this? Do they take away, hey, this is this policy that we have, this position that we have is untenable? Or, uh, you know, do they kind of continue to go forward with the policy that, that that has kind of been, you know, widely accepted among Republican elected officials uh, and if that's the case, I think it's, it, this pretends that, you know, November 2024 could be not as good as they expect it to be. Yeah, I, I, I'm always I agree with you on everything. I'm always hesitant to, to, to transpose results year over year. Speaker Mike Johnson is a staunch opponent of abortion rights. He has been like that his entire career um, since he came to Congress in 2017. But will he... He has told people, Anna, that it's no longer his position to um, to represent his own views. It's time for him to represent the views of the conference. The views of the conference are not that different by and large. I mean, the majority of the conference. Um, every single race, Anna, I'm telling you, if, if Democrats are already saying this, they are going to run on the House Republican majority wanting to institute a national abortion ban. That is what they're going to do in these 18 districts that Joe Biden won, uh, that Republicans hold. Uh, you could just guarantee it. So they're going to say, if you put Republicans in power, if you put Congressman X, I don't know, I'm, uh, you know, in power, um, they are going to peel back the right to an abortion. You could just see it right now, Anna. Yeah. Totally. I, this is not, this is, you know, whether or not you can infer what's, what, what the voters are going to, to your point or where their, where their heads are going to be at in November, 2024, this is certainly a, a key indicator for where Democrats feel like they have, uh, an advantage to Republicans. And this is not going to be the last that we hear of this issue. This is probably only going to become a bigger issue on the campaign trail. All right, let's move on here to the big question, which is what we really dig into after talking about the last night's election results, which is can Speaker Johnson deliver? Uh, you know, he is what conservatives and the Freedom Caucus uh, have wanted since the birth of the Tea Party, a speaker who, you know, to your point, is not just kind of saying the right things, but really truly believes and is in uh, the the frame of politics that that comes from the more conservative wing of the party. And the question here is going to be, you know, what does Johnson do with it and can he actually govern? The answer to that is we'll see, right? Um we will see, and we don't know the answer to that. So here, here's the point we made this morning. I mean, this is the speaker that that conservatives have wanted for a long time, if not name. They've wanted somebody who would um, take the fight to Democrats, take their preferred strategies, seek confrontation with the Senate and the White House, and they got it in Mike Johnson. He's delayed critical aid to Israel by turning it into a partisan issue, tying it to, to a, a, a cut in the IRS signaling he's open to impeaching Biden, leaning toward pursuing this, this, we scooped last night, he's leaning toward pursuing this goofy strategy, this laddered CR strategy, which uh, a very few people understand. 
um, passed off on an opportunity this week of passing a a um, uh, a, a CR this week to get the upper hand in the negotiations with the Senate. Um, can it work? Uh, aid to Israel's going nowhere. They're probably, I mean, we could say this now, Anna, a shutdown next week. I don't know if it's likely, but it's certainly on the table, firmly on that proverbial table table where so much has been <laughs> over the last couple of years. I mean, it, it just is. Um, and, uh, he's going to have trouble on, on impeachment, especially in an election year. And, um, Last night, he pulled the tr- the the transportation, housing, and, and, and urban development bill. Didn't have the votes for that because of of, of a whole host of issues. But uh, their New York Republicans, at least some of them, were were skeptical about the transportation funding. So listen, this is the ultimate test. And this, when you pair this with the fact that Republicans have lost basically every election since twenty since twenty sixteen. Um, uh, you get a pretty grim picture for the GOP, and uh, that's the that's the message that we take going into next week. I mean, I, I it is um, you know, and I, you and I have been talking about this for years, Anna. But the message that Republicans take from elections is rarely the one that the major that a a, a free thinking normal human being takes from the election. I mean, usually the the House Republicans say, "Oh, we need to be more conservative." I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really get that. So we'll see how it all works out, as they say. We shall see. Let's go on to the number two story of uh, the morning. Uh, a really interesting look here in, in the Senate uh, by our very own Andrew Desiderio looking at Senate Republicans and in particular Mitch McConnell and his new effort uh, to tie Ukraine and border security Uh it's unclear to me whether this, this strategy works or not, but it, it is an interesting moment for McConnell, who has you know been kind of in the lonely place, frankly, among a lot of Republicans who no longer uh, support Ukraine aid. McConnell has been a longtime supporter, very vociferously using his bully pulpit in the Senate to um, you know push for Ukraine funding, but now saying. On Tuesday, the Republicans won't support a massive foreign aid package, including Ukraine funding, without a GOP-approved fix for the U.S.-Mexico border. Smart choice? Not so smart choice, Jake. Yeah, listen, I, I if, if you ask me what the one thing they should um they should stake their claim. Listen, the, the, let's start with this. There's no question that there are problems at the border. There's no question about that. No one's doubting that. What people are doubting is whether they are able to, um, whether they are able to craft an agreement that is um, includes border on something like a supplemental spending bill. I mean, the border is a very, very naughty issue. We know that. Um, I, I don't know how I don't know I don't know how else to say that the border is very difficult to solve. So you know, and, and this is happening. This is not happening in you know. This is a this is just complicated. It's very complicated. It's very it's a very risky stra- uh, strategy. It is indeed. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. And let's move on to the number three story of the morning. I love this story. It's so great because it's just the culture of. Uh, um, 
the internal members of Congress, Mika Solner, looking at the swag game for the GOP conference vice chair. Uh, they have been getting extremely creative, Jake, uh, following the uh, kind of exhausting speaker's race. Uh, the vice chair candidates are giving members cupcakes, Chick-fil-A, cigars, to name a few things as they try to vie for their colleagues' support. The big role of the conference vice chair. I mean, listen, it is a springboard to become speaker, Anna. <laughs> We've seen that with, with Mike Johnson. Uh, so maybe this is the next speaker. Uh, listen, swag, this kind of stuff works. I mean, I just ask Steve Scalise, who had a very good swag game for a long time, including uh, ties and vests and all that stuff that he's done. I'm sure some Scalise person will tell me that I missed something, so I'm sorry. But yes, he's given out a lot of swag over the years. So... Um, the vice chair will find out today who's the next vice chair of the House Republican Conference. Waiting with bated breath. All right. On that note, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like what we talked about here, we have even more in Punchbowl News AM. You can sign up for our free newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.